My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It is Wednesday the 15th of March. I'm Sam. I'm Zara. The BBC has reinstated a high-profile sports presenter, Gary Lineker, who was suspended for tweeting a political opinion. What an extraordinary few days. The issue of impartiality is still at the heart of this dispute. Should TV personalities like Gary Lineker be allowed to share their opinions on political issues? An openly, willfully provocative tweet by Gary Lineker. So what did Lineker say to cause such a stir? And what does this all say about freedom of speech at government-funded broadcasters? TDA Jono Tom Crowley will be joining us in the deep dive. But first, Sarah, what is making headlines? Opposition leader Peter Dutton has said the coalition will back Australia's AUKUS military deal come hell or high water. This comes after PM Anthony Albanese, along with UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and US President Joe Biden, announced Australia's multi-billion dollar acquisition of nuclear-powered submarines yesterday. China will begin welcoming foreign tourists this week for the first time since the outbreak of the COVID pandemic back in 2020. The announcement comes into effect today and comes after the Chinese government relaxed its international travel restrictions back in January and that allowed non-Chinese travellers to visit family or for business or education. The NAPLAN assessment program will begin in Australian schools from today. They'll run for the next nine school days, beginning with writing tests before assessments on reading, language and numeracy skills. The results will be used to determine where Aussie students need more support. And today's good news, US skier Michaela Schifrin has become the most successful alpine skier of all time after claiming her 87th career World Cup win earlier this week. Schifrin became the most successful female alpine skier in January with her 84th victory. Jeez, it's been a big year for her. But eclipsed the long-standing record of Swedish skier Ingemar Stenmark this week while at a competition in Sweden. Tom, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Sam. Pleasure to be here. Excited to chat to you today about a story. I think this is a fascinating story out of the UK, Sam. The suspension, or the brief suspension, of sports presenter Gary Lineker from the BBC. They stood him down a few days ago, and then they announced he would return to air just days after he was stood aside. All the fuss was about a tweet that he sent criticising the UK government's asylum seeker policy. So a, a fair bit for us to unpack there, Sam. Before we get into the BBC events, why don't we start with trying to understand the actual UK government asylum seeker policy at the heart of all of this? Yeah, absolutely. So in the UK, much like Australia, uh, boat arrivals uh, full of asylum seekers are a really hot-button political issue. Uh, a large number of migrants arrived by boat in the last year in the UK, so about 45,000. And the UK's Conservative government has you know, really over the last few years embarked on a series of crackdowns against those asylum seekers. Kind of, I guess there's, there's two sides to the issue. They talk about wanting to stop drownings at sea. They also talk about the sort of the unfairness of people, I suppose, jumping the queue and coming by boat. And so for both of those reasons, they've been proposing crackdowns. This is the latest one. 
it would give the Home Secretary, so that, that's a similar role to our Home Affairs Minister, basically stronger powers to detain people and remove them from the UK, um, th- those who arrive on boats, essentially without hearing their asylum claims. Um, so last year the government announced a deal um, that sort of still hasn't quite happened yet but that they're working through to send some people to Rwanda. Uh, this latest proposal is really about giving the minister some extra powers, I suppose, to follow through on that, and it has some additional uh, impositions there. So, so the people who get removed from the country in this circumstance will be prevented from ever returning to the UK. They'll also be denied a number of protections that exist within the UK for asylum seekers. So a pretty serious crackdown there. Here's a little bit of Home Secretary Suella Braverman promoting the policy in a video posted online. Stopping the boats is one of the five promises the Prime Minister has made to the British people, and it's my top priority. This bill will mean that if you come here illegally, you will not be able to stay. You will be detained and removed to your home country if safe, or a safe third country like Rwanda. When you say things like stop the boats and you won't be allowed to stay, I can't help but think about Australia's Operation Sovereign Borders immigration policy. Has that direct comparison been made? It's been made by a lot of people. In fact, some of the UK government's uh, communications consultants are Australians who worked on, on a similar set of policies that have been enacted in Australia. For comparison, here is a little clip of Australia's ads for Operation Sovereign Borders. The message is simple. If you come to Australia illegally by boat, there is no way you will ever make Australia home. And I think it's fair to say in general that these issues are, yeah, I guess contentious in a very uncannily similar way in the UK to what they have been in Australia. So for people who are familiar with Australia's refugee policies, that should give you a good point of reference to understand uh, how this has kind of landed in UK politics. It's a move that's been condemned by refugee advocacy groups, um, by a number of international agencies, including uh, the UN High Commission for Refugees. There were protests in Parliament Square last week and, and the bill has been debated extensively in Parliament. It's certainly a very controversial one uh, and has been criticised uh, by BBC Sports presenter Gary Lineker as well. Well, let's talk about Gary Lineker because he's obviously been pulled into this contentious policy uh, by taking to Twitter to explain his point of view. Can you tell me a little bit about who he is? So Gary Lineker, he's an English sporting legend, really. I think he probably has an argument to be one of the greatest English footballers of all time. These days, he's a sports presenter for the BBC. He presents a highlight show called Match of the Day. That's kind of his main contribution there on the BBC. And he's often used his status as a public figure to to be outspoken uh, on politics, but landed in sort of unusually hot water over the last week because of these comments. So he tweeted about the asylum seeker policy calling it an immeasurably cruel policy directed at the most vulnerable people in language that is not dissimilar to that used by Germany in the 30s, of course, a reference to Nazi Germany there. And the BBC responded pretty swiftly to this, saying that Lineker's comments were a breach of their guidelines and advising him to keep away from taking sides on party political issues or political controversies. And the reason that that's particularly significant here is because Lineker works for the BBC, which is a public broadcaster. So I'll come back. We'll, we'll speak about that a little bit more later. But but just, you know, at the moment, the important context is that the BBC, like our ABC, is funded by taxpayers and an important part of its purpose is to be, in its political coverage, completely independent. And that's where this sensitivity came from the BBC about Lineker, a high-profile presenter, even though he was a sports presenter, making a political comment. 
was also something that the government criticised. Um, so Home Secretary Suella Braverman, who we heard from earlier, uh, she criticised Lineker's comments in an interview on ITV. I think equating our measures, which are lawful, necessary and fundamentally compassionate to 1930s Germany is uh, irresponsible and I disagree with that characterization. Uh, and so Lineker was then stood down from match of the day and the BBC said that he would remain off air until they agreed on a clear position on the use of his social media. And then as soon as Lineker got stood down, there was some pretty significant backlash, right? The backlash was swift, Sam. So all of his co-hosts on match of the day said that in solidarity they were not going to appear on the show either. A number of other BBC sports presenters said the same. Uh, and then the football players had made it known that a number of them would say no to interviews and so the show was unable to conduct any player interviews. So, you know, really very quickly there was a big show of solidarity, I suppose, within the BBC kind of football ecosystem for Lineker and publicly. You know, a lot of people came to Lineker's defence. Um, the the Labor Party, for example, the opposition in the UK came to his defence and a number of you know high-profile TV presenters, including some who you would not normally associate with Lineker's side of politics, some pretty conservative people like Piers Morgan and Jeremy Clarkson, some names that might be familiar to you. So there was there was a huge backlash. Um, and a few days later on Monday, the BBC said that they'd return Lineker to match of the day. The, the BBC Director General denied that it was about backing down, but said that they'd, they'd reached an agreement and they were going to independently review their social media policies for employees, particularly hinging on the question of whether sports presenters, entertainment presenters, people whose job is not to do the news, how far they're allowed to go with political commentary. That's something the BBC is now going to look into. Lineker himself has said he's looking forward to moving on and the week had been difficult. Um, but he also said, quote here, it simply doesn't compare to having to flee your home from persecution or war to seek refuge in a land far away. It's heartwarming to have seen the empathy towards their plight from so many of you. So I suppose continuing to an exp express a view there in a, in a matter of words, Lineker. Tom, do you think this is a BBC-specific issue or would Lineker have faced similar criticism if he was a commentator at, say, ESPN on ESPN's football coverage? Yeah, I, th I think, I mean, there, there's always, we always have debates about you know, free speech and employment and, and you know, what, what can you say that's not going to get your employer offside? So in one sense, it's a broader issue. But no, I, I think that, you know, it is really specifically important here that this was the, the BBC and, you know, a public broadcaster, much like if you imagined a similar thing happening with a high profile ABC sports presenter. It, it's a really tricky issue for, for public broadcasters to kind of maintain their impartiality. And it's worth pointing out here that a big part of the backlash against the BBC was because the BBC is actually perceived by a lot of people as having a bias in the other direction, a conservative bias. So one of the big things that was kind of brought to light and, and talked about a lot in the last week in response to Lineker was what a lot of people said was a double standard. So the, the chair of the BBC, who's kind of appointed by the government, is a big donor to the Conservative Party who's in government in the UK. He gave £400,000 to the Conservative Party. He's a friend of Boris Johnson's. And the BBC's Director General, who was kind of the face of all of this, that's essentially like the CEO of the BBC, he once ran as a Conservative candidate um, in a local council election. He, he's been involved in the Conservative Party in the past as well. So to have these two figures who have Conservative political links at the top of the BBC kind of leading this charge to get rid of Lineker for making a progressive comment, 
uh, well, a lot of people sort of pointed to that as a bit of a double standard, which shows in, in both directions what a difficult thing it is for the BBC to, to maintain its independence. Um, and similar challenges to, to what the ABC has. You know, I, I think it speaks to the fact that, you know, a, a lot of people recognise the importance of public funded broadcasters because they're supposed to be, you know, impartial and reliable sources of information compared to, to media companies that have a, a commercial incentive or might be owned by particular people with particular political views. But it's really difficult to maintain that when the government's the one that funds you and when there's always going to be that sort of pressure potentially coming from the government. We've dealt with that in Australia with the ABC and the SBS as well. Uh, when Malcolm Turnbull was Prime Minister, there was pressure to, to sack an SBS journalist over some comments that he'd made on Anzac Day. Uh, there was a whole incident at the ABC about Malcolm Turnbull, kind of allegations that he complained about the way that he was being covered by particular political journalists. And so you know, the, the pressure that can come from the government that is responsible for funding these public broadcasters makes it really difficult, again, for them to maintain their independence. So, so you know, in a sense, you could say that they're kind of caught between the rock and a hard place here. But as you can see there, Sam, it's, it's part of a really big argument about, well, what does it actually look like to be an independent public broadcaster and how well is the BBC doing that job overall? Tom, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for joining us on The Daily Oz. If you learnt something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every weekday morning. We'll be back again tomorrow morning, but until then, have a brilliant day.